Welcome to the Numbers Game. I'm Jason. I'm joined by Nick and Marty. How are you going today, fellas? Nice and uh, limbered up, loosened up, sports massage, ready to rock and roll for another episode. Marty? Well, not me, but Nick Riley's been on the table getting lubed up and uh, getting all these muscles uh, seen to. But I think that's good because you know, he p- puts a lot of time into his body, a lot of exercise, swimming. So I think you got to do these things. So I myself, uh, I'm just trying to touch my toes at the moment, Jace, and I'm... I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But I'm happy. Essendon's winning, um, which hasn't happened, which feels like for about 20-odd years. So some good productivity there in the sports world, which I'm pumped about. Nick, you're looking loose as a goose, mate. Good to see you. Refreshed. How yeah. you feeling? Yeah, no, I feel good. And thanks for uh, mentioning the <laughs> the uh, the first sports massage I've had in about <laughs> five years. So I did uh, – I made a pact with myself a couple of years ago to focus on um, – Body maintenance, because you know, as you know, as you get older, you just can't do the things that you used to do. And you know, Jace worked that out this weekend, just gone. So, two years ago, I said to myself, I'm going to start getting massages, and I never did anything about it. Um, but I went for one yesterday, uh, and it just bloody hurt basically. Um, I was worried because the lady looked a bit older, and I thought, Oh, this is going to be a waste of time and money. Um, spent the first five minutes just putting this hot, excruciating hot oil on my back <laughs> where is this going and then uh, yeah she reminded me pretty quickly of where it was going with a, with an elbow straight to the middle of the back and then it, it, <laughs> did, it didn't stop from there so anyway it's amazing the um, the strength that those ladies have um, and, and I get that it's weight and all that stuff but yeah geez it was uh, painful but I feel good mm. fantastic what do you do Jace do you do any acupuncture or how do you look after yourself, mate? Uh, well, yeah, I'm going to take a leaf out of Nick's book and uh, book in a sports deep tissue massage after this. Uh, cheeky little dig there from Nick after I've woke up this morning, put my shoulder and my neck out, um, deep into Gold Coast Marathon training and then also doing the push for better, the push-up challenge where you do like 3,144 push-ups in like 23 days in June. So uh, Tom Boyd, who's been on our podcast before, called me out on LinkedIn and said, join this challenge, help raise money for Lifeline. Um, so I think in like the first, oh, in like the first eight days of June was like one and a half thousand pushups or something like that, or it must be up to today, about one and a half thousand pushups. So I went from doing no pushups in the last year and a half to about one and a half thousand pushups in 10 days and then woke up today and my traps are screwed and my neck's out of whack. So Casey did have a word to me and said, did you think that going from doing zero to one and a half thousand might be your problem? And of course the answer was no, that's not what happened. It was just something <laughs> I, I love, I love your mid thirties problems. I went for a walk <laughs> and all of a sudden, cause I had the hip, uh, the new hip put in six months ago, all of a sudden I was lame for a week. I'm going, what is going on here? This is crazy. And went to the holistic chiropractor and, Apparently, hip hip had moved in some weird place, and you know, pushed the muscles and tensed them, and all of a sudden, I'm right again. So yeah, it's amazing what these people can do, really. So I thought I was, uh, I was like Captain Feathersword trying to get up the steps here at Innovate. So, but all good, all good. Jace, what do we got on today? Well, before we dive into it, I will just say that this episode is brought to you by Innovate Sports Massage uh, for all of your sports massage. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, this episode's brought to you by Innovate Finance and Wealth for all of your financial advisory needs and your finance needs when it comes to mortgage broking, asset finance, commercial dealings, everything the team do um, under the one roof at Innovate. So if you need anything in that area, get in touch. 
we've definitely had plenty of our tax planning clients put their hand up and say, get us in with Innovate because we can hear all the magical things that uh, happens over there through the podcast. So uh, I-N-O-V-A-Y-T.com.au, jump on and check it out. So Marty, I'm glad you asked what is happening on today's episode. Uh, it's one that I'm excited about. Nick over the weekend text you and I said, boys, what do you reckon of this AFR article? So we've got a reading the play today. And I might just throw straight to Nick to uh, lead into it and explain what caught his eye. Thanks, Jase. Yeah, and I thought I would bring this up because it's um, it's something that I haven't really thought about, but I kept on hearing. So obviously, there's a lot, a lot of commentary at the moment on uh, inflation, um, CPI rates, uh, goods, cost of goods and services going up, and trying to get them down to get our interest rates down and whatnot. But um, something that keeps coming up is productivity, the word productivity or um, our productivity rates. And what I've found since hearing that, well, I actually found an article on the weekend and that's why it made me think, I've been hearing about productivity, so I'll have a look. But Australia's productivity rate, so that is what we're, it's pretty self-explanatory, but the output um, for the the, the labour that that we're actually performing, I guess. So what do you get out of doing a certain amount of hours of work? Um, our productivity rate in this country is poor. Uh, our productivity rate has not improved for around 15 years. And it is a big, it is a big, well, has a big influence on our inflation or our CPI. So it's pretty self-explanatory when you think about it. If I go to Marty and I say, Marty, I need this job done. Um, if Marty says to me, well, it's going to take me eight hours, so it's going to cost you $1,000, although Marty might say to me, well, it's going to, it's going to take me 12 hours, so it's going to cost you $1,400. So the better the productivity, the less the cost, because we're getting more back for, for our labour input or labour output, if that makes sense. So it was really simple to me to go, okay, I never really thought about that. Businesses can't do things as quick, uh, so they're charging more money, which then impacts the cost of services mainly and also goods. So what the article that I sent to you guys went on to explain is well, why why is this? What is causing low productivity? Why are we not uh, producing the output that we should and why are we not improving our productivity? Our productivity? A um, couple of things and I'll just, I'll just write all these off high level and then we'll have a bit of a chat about them. But the first one was uh, machines are replacing labour. So when you look at the output for labour, all of the easy stuff's been handled by machines. So what we're doing uh, with our own labour, generally in services, because that's stuff that you can't um, can't send off to, to to a machine. So you can't send your um, your your brain work, Jace. Although AI might cha- might change this, but you can't send your brain work off to a machine to do at the moment. Um, maybe you can, but it's very limited. Yep. So that means the work that's staying with you or the labour. Uh, is becoming more and more valuable and it's costing more. Yep. Um, so machines are replacing labour. The other thing was sending stuff offshore in this country. So if we think it's a, an, an easy task um, or a task uh, that can be easily systemised and processed, a lot of the times we're sending that offshore to another country, whether that be, in, be the Philippines or Kuala Lumpur or India or wherever it might be. So, it might be. so our easy tasks are actually pushing away from uh, this country, which means we're doing all the the mundane and the labour intensive tasks, which is impacting um, our productivity rates. Um, next one was regulation. Now this is um, this this rings uh, home for me because regulation has 
um, caused um, huge impacts in our business. The cost of doing business for us has gone up um, purely based on uh, meeting uh, the regulator's requirements, which means we have to charge clients more. Um, first thing I think about outside of our business is construction industry. Look at all the safety checks or the compliance, and it's all for good reason, but where is the balance um, between actually uh, making a construction deal or a development, um, for instance, profitable versus ticking boxes? So increased regulation means increased checks, increased safety, increased systems, which means increased costs, which means you can do less in your day because you're ticking off the safety stuff. Uh, next one was lack of competition. So a lot of monopolies being created in this country. So when you've got monopolies, it means businesses can get lazy. They don't have to think about how they can reduce their prices because there maybe there's only one or two of those businesses. So uh, less competition means prices stay high and the businesses um, that are a monopoly um, have less incentive um, to invest in their systems and processes and get things uh, moving, moving quicker. Um, management incentives, so incentives or bonuses or short-term incentives paid to CEOs, um, executives. There's, uh, it's no secret that they get paid a lot of money, and that seems that seems to be going up and up and up. Uh, that then adds to the cost base of the business. So the the, the cost of staff in general is going up, um, but management incentives is is a big one. And the last one they mentioned were zombie businesses. So businesses that are really just there. Uh, treading water, creating a lifestyle for someone. Um, I talked about compliance and all these things that are making businesses um, or I guess business harder to, um, to, to get done. So these zombie businesses don't have any cash flow outside of meeting their debts and maybe funding a lifestyle. So they can't invest in systems, tech, processes uh, to get their productivity levels up. So I thought it was really interesting um, because I don't think that most people on this podcast, particularly me, would be thinking about our productivity levels. How quickly are we actually getting work done? That impacts the price, which impacts um, inflation or CPI. So, and the, the, the biggest issue at the moment with CPI is the services. Uh, goods are coming down. Um, services, not just here, but um, in America as well. Services are the ones that's being very hard to shift. And I think it's because of all of these things that are impacting that and making it difficult for businesses to reduce their costs. Like I look at our business and the amount of things that we need to do now to make sure the doors are open. I can't imagine we'd be in a position to uh, reduce our costs anytime soon. And if anything, the next move will probably be up. So I can see that's an issue in our business. I'm sure you can uh, with your business as well, Jace. No, it's uh, definitely very interesting and it wasn't until I kind of uh, flipped it on its head to kind of get a the, the flip side understanding to go a higher productivity rate means that businesses are producing more with the same input. So we're more efficient. We're getting more done with the same amount of resources that we've always had. Um, you know, that leads to higher wages, lower prices for the economy and then a stronger economy overall. So flipping it that way actually got me to understand that Product, this, this of course, is a good thing. We need increased productivity. We need to be improving, which means that investment in technology, education, infrastructure that you mentioned, a few of those things, then as well as getting rid of regulations that stifle innovation and create and productivity. Um, and then I just looked up what, what, how do we compare to the rest of the world in, in that over the last, you know, I think 15 years is what the article said, but I just found a stat. Over the last 20 years, we've been stagnant at around 1% to 1.4% 
when the average for the other OECD countries is 2.5%. So we're, we're almost half of what other countries are getting ahead when it comes to productivity. Um, pretty disappointing. Um, not too sure how we get, well, there's a few little suggestions of how to go about turning this around, but that's, that's a bit of a surprise and not something that I've really thought about before. But I think mm, um, yeah. reflecting over, the, over COVID, and again, this isn't the solution because we don't want people to necessarily have to do more hours, but you think about the, the COVID times when people were, especially in professional services where, you know, you sat at home in front of a computer getting your job done, you didn't have your hour travel time to or from work. You had nothing else to do because you had nowhere to be on, you know, after work or on weekends, you were locked up. You probably saw an increase in productivity that was a temporary fake increase during that time. Now we're on the other side of that. And I think we've almost seen a decrease in productivity because people are distracted, um, travel times back, uh, people are, you know, holidays and everything else. See, so yeah, it's a bit of a, bit of a weird time and definitely need to have some, some actual thought and input into how to turn this around so that we can become a country that has great productivity. What are your thoughts, Marty? I was just thinking in regards to the productivity in regards to people and also process because mm-hmm. we were at the Australian Manufacturers Expo and what amazed me about that was some of the machinery to do metal fabrication, like this machine could be on 24-7, mm-hmm. it could produce any template and design any template that you know you wanted basically um yeah and it just ran effectively 24 7 and produced and i go so i go that's an efficiency but when you when you turn that to labor so what you're saying there is then someone that's selling that product there's a higher potential payment and lack of productivity from the point of view of usually people would be manufacturing these products and craftsmen and you know you'd be looking at efficiencies within people but it sounds like has it gone to machinery? Is that the same as offshore? Like, how is this calculated? Is it a is it purely a labour cost? Is because overall efficiency might be better. Do you see what I'm getting yeah, at with yeah. using technology? Yeah, but I think it's and, and look, you're right. Technology is definitely increasing um, productivity. The issue that this country has is we don't do much manufacturing, and this is what they're yeah. talking about. If okay. you look at what if you look at our country, it's very heavy. Um, in services and trades, not so much manufacturing. So where you can really improve those productivity levels, our country doesn't really play in that field compared to uh, – well, it does, but when you, if you compare us to China um, or wherever it might be, but China's the obvious one that comes to hand, that's, that's where you can really increase your productivity through things like what you're just talking about, machinery and, and whatnot. There's only so much you can do from a services point of view and only so much you can do from a, from a trade point of view. So the issue then is, well, how do we get that productivity down when we don't have the benefits of a big chunk of our, um, of our revenue or our, um, of our output being manufacturing where you can make easy or you can gain easy wins through things like machines? So, so Jace, do we, need, do we need another pandemic or have we got other ideas here? How do we get – because people weren't going on holidays and we certainly noticed productivity go up in that time uh, just on human capacity and not being in traffic and various different things. But what are some better options that uh, you might think of that you can bring to the table here? Oh, look, I definitely think um, – and look, and we see it with a lot of business owners that we work with, there's a lack of the, the speed to implement new technology – um, so technology is something that's meant to, you know, push better productivity. We should be more productive with the technology we have at hand these days. 
um, if there's too many businesses out there that aren't operating using new technology, new equipment, new procedures, there brings down your productivity already. Um, the other one as well is, is education. Um, you know, the, the more high trained and highly skilled workforce that we've got, the more productivity that we have. So I think they're two of the big areas that I see, you know, from you know, the position that I sit in working with a lot of business owners is sometimes a bit of a fear of investing in the team. Like if I invest in training and then I lose my team member, I've gone and wasted all that money training my team. But again, it's that always that flip side. Like what if you don't train them and they stay? You've got a team that may not be as productive as they would have been if you'd invested in the training. Same goes for technology. If you if you shell out and invest in getting that technology up and running to improve systems and processes, you should be able to do, you know, have more product productivity and more output. So they're definitely two of the big ways that I can see um, business owners being able to go about trying to improve in those um, their productivity. Yeah, it's a good point. And um, first thing that comes to my mind is just some sort of uh, ATO incentive to invest in your business outside of a uh, as a traditional expense. Like you look at R and D grants. Look, they're great, but they're only great if you're doing something that's uh, that that doesn't exist. So our business, we're very labour intensive. Uh, whether you're looking at the financial planning or the mortgage business, there's a lot of people involved to get a file from A A to B and then further to Z. So. There's, there's investments that we would love to make tomorrow that we know will improve our productivity. We talk, we're talking about this at the moment, but we've slowly, we're slowly getting those investments made as, um, as cash flow allows us to. Now, I know for a fact that if I, have a, I had a big cash injection, um, we could go and make those investments straight away on tech uh, and our productivity levels would go up. So what incentive is there for a business like, like mine? Um, or any or any SME to actually invest in in tech or wh- whatever it might be to increase their productivity. You can probably tell me, that, Jason, if I'm wrong, but I don't think there is any. There's not much. One of the things that they did do during COVID, and I'm pretty sure it's not yet legislated, which is coming up to a bit of a problem given it's 27 days till the end of the financial year, is meant to be giving you an extra 20% tax deduction for anything you spent on training and technology, like um, subscriptions for for tech and, and bits and pieces. So, you know, hypothetical, Nick, if you said, yep, cool, if the government was going to help me out, I would have spent a hundred grand on additional training and technology implementation. The government, what they were going to do and, you know, pending legislation, I think it's, you know, on the cards to be go, to go through is they're going to give you an extra 20% tax deduction. So you'd actually get to claim an extra $20,000 off your taxable profit in the company. So you get an extra $20,000 tax deduction, even though you didn't spend that money. Um, what does that save you at the end of the day at the company tax rate of 25%? Saves you five grand. So mm. it's something, but again, mm. you know, is it going to, is it going to push you to go out and spend a hundred grand to save an extra $5,000 on, on your tax bill at the end of the year? Probably I- not. Give me an interest-free loan for five years because then I can guarantee you with the um, with the the enhancements we make through increased productivity, no issues. It's just getting that initial cash injection because we all know that when you're trying to implement tech or even um, build tech into your business, it's exorbitantly expensive. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of businesses like ours that just look at that cost and go, we can't go near that because we just don't have the revenues to do that. So then you're reliant on other businesses that would then sell you the tech. Um, the other issue that we've got in our business is we are we're reliant on third-party providers. So whether that be insurance companies, 
um, whether that be mortgage providers, we have to work in with their systems. Um, and the reality is a lot of insurance providers are not making great money at the moment, so they're not reinvesting into their tech and their systems and process. So we're kind of stuck. Uh, so we are stuck with what they have. So again, maybe the government can get involved there and look at our look at our industry, and I'm talking about in our industry because I know it, and say, well, right, what are the issues here stopping productivity? Um, okay, well, the insurers are not and not investing in tech, why aren't they? Is there something we can do about that mm. to increase productivity? Because we have to find a way to increase productivity on trades and services. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Uh, and then that has um, flow-on effects with CPI. Trades, you know, I know that trades – and I think I think trades are getting better at this. Um, and I don't want to say – I don't want this to come out the wrong way, but I think – as younger people are coming into trades and are more tech savvy, they're seeing ways that they can introduce tech uh, to make their businesses more efficient, whether that be um, platforms that help you quote jobs, um, schedule jobs, um, what, what not. You're probably seeing this more than I am, Jace, but I've seen a couple of businesses now that actually provide an end-to-end solution for trades um, that help them quote, um, schedule jobs, yep. um, send information back to the clients about jobs, um, compliance checks and, and, and whatnot. So it's that example of technology, technology being implemented and the cost, to, the cost prohibitive to do that or the perceived cost to cost to train somebody how to use it and to implement it. It's a, it's an education piece, you know, I guess looking at these stats in Australia of like, there should be more done by the government to advertise or, or promote the fact that, you know, technology and training is important and can make the country more productive. One of the other ones that popped up in there, Nick, while I was uh, reading through as well, was talking about an aging uh, workforce. So that's what's also contributing to a decrease in productivity. No offense, Marty. Um, but what the stats here are saying is that, you know, the as our workforce is aging and moving towards retirement age, we're getting less productivity out of people who are, you know, working towards, you know, wrapping up, you know. Um, so in that kind of baby boom generation of people in there pushing their 60s and 70s, starting to retire, uh, the other side of that, we've also got fertility rates are declining, less people are having kids, and then the people who are having kids are having less kids than what they were having. And we've also got an increasing life expectancy. So what the other side of that, what you're seeing is a smaller workforce that has more demand to look after the economy and look after the country. There's going to be more need for healthcare and age services and a change in consumer demand because retirees aren't necessarily going out buying new clothes and going to bars and whatever. They're traveling and looking at recreation and less worried about, you know, doing up their houses potentially. They're downsizing. So this aging population is another thing that's going to you know, also comes into one of our future apps talking about exciting tax things. Mm, great, great news for our older listeners too. So uh, <laughs> well, take that on board. You know, you're close to retirement, Marty. We're, we're happy to bring uh, lunch into everyone, and uh, yeah, if you wipe our noses when uh, we've got yeah. a cold. Well, it's, so it's, it's. I actually didn't realize the numbers, but you know, at the moment, 2023, 16 percent of the population is over 65. Um, that wow. that increases to 20 percent of the population in 2023 will be over 65. Then by 2043, 25% of Australia's population is over 65. So one in four people are over 65 years old in 2043. And then it, it, it pushes it pushes to one in three almost by 2053. If the numbers keep going the way they're going, one in three people will be over 65. 
So think about the workforce in 2050. If you're, if you're about to get into business and you've got a 25 year plan to run a business, you got to think that one in three people that are available to work in your business are going to be 65 years or older. Well, well, you, you, you bring up a few red flags for me, mate, so I better just cut you off there. <laughs> but um, the, the really interesting thing is, like I said, I've worked through various different generations back to the 1920s, as you know, <laughs> but it's um, the, we talk about tech and we talk about that transition to tech and educating people how to utilise tech. It is a big transition, but then you've got to look at the productivity cost of management coming in and going, what because that's that's going to be a hundred to hundred and fifty grand investment on the human side in regards to management, right? Every time, so you expand that and you scale that out. Imagine that overall cost in time as businesses get bigger mm. and bigger. So if you are tracking through technology and we're transitioning to embrace technology, you go well. What are you have to reimagine business to a certain degree here, and I think that's the challenge sometimes is to go. Well, we don't even know what that looks like yet because we're still in the midst of making that transition across. But I think in 10 years' time, business will look very different even in the hierarchy of what management looks like and people will probably be tech gurus at that point and people will be you know, responding back to tech data in regards to leads and sales and even training will be all done through that. And I think that's... Um, it's interesting for me seeing that from very much being a humanistic thing to now moving into a tech technology thing. But I think that's the only way we can increase productivity to a point where businesses can continue to maintain margin and scale effectively once we get it right. A lot to do probably in the next three to five years, but that's you know, that's the reality of the I guess the environment we're going into, and I no doubt it would be the same as people, you know, transitioning into the industrial age and then, you know, into commerce age and services and now into this tech age. So yeah, it's a really, it's a really interesting time, and you've got to embrace it, like you say, otherwise you do get left behind. So um, it makes some good points, but it, even this discussion has got me rethinking of, geez, I think business is going to look really different mm. in the next five to ten years. And mm. we didn't even mention AI pretty much the whole episode and, yep. and that's that buzzword that's out there at the moment too. So <laughs> I think the um, the lesson we can learn from this, Nick, and love that you've brought this to the table and brought this to the listeners' ears is that, you know, what can we control when it comes to boosting productivity? And if we're going to have to look at doing it ourselves as business owners or as people working out there, you know, what are we doing to contribute to increase productivity? And if that means going into work and suggesting new tech, innovation, some education so we can do things better, let's take it upon ourselves because uh, we all know that if we wait for the government to act and do these things, we're going to be waiting a long time. So love it. Correct. Yeah. The importance of people upskilling too. So don't be passive in regards to bringing on capability to yourself. I think don't just let that be an employ, employer responsibility really make yourself a value that you can't be ignored. Um, so, yeah, just skill up uh, in all these areas. Makes total sense. Uh, well, thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, tell a friend to listen. Uh, Nick Martin, I love it when people reach out and connect with us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, all these different kind of socials. Um, actually had a tag from a lovely listener who was listening to us while cleaning their gym on the weekend. So, uh 
you know, really appreciate that kind of activity too. So thank you for listening. And until next time, don't be afraid to send me a fax. Game over. (laughs) 